Good morning and greetings, greetings to everyone in Christ's name. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, and I'll be uh, getting the text from there. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4. So the, um, the last message I had, the subject was prophets, and I expounded a little bit on on the life of a prophet, who a prophet is, and um, had a, some suggestions on continuing on with that. And so the other one that I've chosen is the word, or the, the word apostle, or a person of the apostle. And so that's what I'm gonna be looking at this morning. And in Ephesians chapter four, it, 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 verse 11, we're gonna focus on verse 11, but I wanna read verses one through 13 and uh, before I read that, the, the word apostle simply means a messenger or one sent on a mission. And we're going to try to define, um, look at the role of the apostle, and today, uh, how, does that, how does that relate to us today? An apostle is one who is sent by the Lord to a specific region, people group, or sphere of influence in order to advance and establish the kingdom of God. Now, as, as I read Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> there's one word or one thought that comes through, and that is the unity. And there are times, and use an example, there are times when if I have a project of my own, or maybe I'm traveling somewhere by myself, I don't ask other people where I need to stop for gas or which restaurant I need to stop at. Um, in our family, there is differences of opinions on what is the best kind of fast food place to stop. Um, and I can share you mine, I can give you what my idea is, and the others would give theirs. And so we try to rotate between McDonald's and McDonald's. So that's what everybody seems to like more than the rest. But, um, so in other, in other words, we say, why can't I have it my way? Does it always have to be your way? But we look at unity, and when you have unity, there has to be a discussion. There has to be a giving up. And, and God recognized that when he, get, when he made people, or he gave the gifts to the different people in the church. It's because he knows that in a church, there will be differences of opinions. What color paint do you want to have in the church? And maybe, maybe he'd have a big discussion and never come to a conclusion, so he just don't paint the church. Uh, that's a bad deal. And there's so many things in life that and it can be in business, it can be in family, it can be in church life, it can be in governments, that there's all these discussions and meetings and it all comes down because we have differences. So in a church, let's not fool ourselves in saying that we all agree exactly alike. Because we don't. So what is the role of the apostle? What is the role of the prophet? What is the role of the teacher and the pastor? Today, I'm going to read uh, verses 4 through 13, but pay special attention to verse 11. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity, captivity captive and gave, gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So here he says in verse 11, we'll read again, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. And the reason that it is stated of why he gave those specific gifts is for the perfecting of the saints. And it's so that the body of Christ can become perfect, can actually work together without strangling each other, without getting angry at each other. That's what the Spirit of God, and, and we all work through one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. So if the Spirit of God is coming in one faith and one belief, then, then why, um, why do we have different opinions? And I think it's because largely of our makeup. Uh, we have different personalities. We have, some people like to go slow, some people like to go fast, some people like this, some people like that. We have differences of opinions like I shared earlier. So why? Why do we need the gifts? And it's, it's to bring the unity together. So this morning as we look at the apostle, and some of you might say that the, the office of the apostle has expired. It is no longer needed today. I uh, want to look at that also. Some people would feel that way. Others, others would welcome the teaching of today's an apostle being a role that is filled in the church. One of the hesitancies of expounding on the subject of the apostle is that people get caught up in the argument whether there's apostle today or whether there's not apostle today. And, and pretty soon you have this big discussion. You forget the fact that God is working and maybe if you have that discussion, get angry at each other, maybe we do need an apostle to bring, to, to um, straighten this out. All right, if we look to Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to back up a couple chapters. But in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 20. When the church was built, when, God, when, when Christ came down to earth, and after he, uh, or during his ministry, he said that... Um, I'm going to jump in right in the middle because it's, I mean, it's kind of in the middle of a sentence, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it says in verse 20, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So the, the church itself is built upon Christ, but he used the apostles and the prophets to build his church. <clears throat> One of the things that is mentioned in Scripture that people... Um, where they get their, their ideas, I guess, is that 
after Judas betrayed Christ, he had 12 disciples and he, he wanted to fill that role again. And so he said, I want, I want to have a person that filled this role that there was three requirements. First was that he, he saw me physically, that you see that this person would see Jesus Christ physically, was witnessing his teachings and witnessed his resurrection. And there was two people that were chosen or that were, that were brought forth that, that fit those requirements. And one of those was chosen by lot to fill that 12th spot that was vacated by Judas. And so some people would say today that, that the office of the apostle, um, there was nobody here today that physically saw Jesus and, no, and did not physically witness his resurrection and did not physically was there during his teaching. But we want to look today at what the role of the apostle is and see what role that would fit in, today, in today's world. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. I'm going to read uh, that verse there. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to go back up to verse 11. Paul demonstrates his apostleship, and he says in verse 11, I am become a fool in glory. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So, the God, so God gave the apostles some identifying roles in the church. And he gave them the gifts of uh, signs and wonders. Uh, some of the apostles would even, even take a handkerchief and give it to somebody and they would be healed just from their handkerchief. And um, God gave them that power. And we look at, at the first function of the church. And one way I'd like to illustrate that is um, if you start a business and you're very passionate about this business and, and you're the only one, I mean, it's a one-man show. And pretty soon you have more work and so you hire somebody else to help you with this work. And finally you have any number, 10, 20, 50 people, it doesn't really matter. But you have all these people working for you and you're getting old and you want to pass this on You want because you're passionate about this business, you wanted to keep going. So who are you going to pick? to take this business on. So you're gonna pick people and you're gonna give them the training they need, the proper training they need to continue this business on because you wanna see it going on for centuries and centuries. Um, and you're gonna keep going on with this business. So you pick people that you know are also passionate about your business. And, and not, not only are you gonna pick these people, but you're gonna give them the proper training, the proper tools to continue on. So you imagine Jesus, he's, he came down on this earth, he died for our sins, and he wants to build the church, and he's going to build the church. Who is he going to pick? Who is he going to train to take this role on? And it says that he built the church first by the apostles and then by the prophets. So he's going to pick people, and he's not going to just say, I want you to build my church, you figure it out. And if you have any questions, um, write me a letter, and I might get back to you. But he said, I'm going to give you the role 
of building the church. And it's a, it's a big responsibility. So these people that had the role of the apostleship had to take their job seriously. And they had to listen to God and obey his voice. They had to have this connection with God. And so God gave him these specific gifts and he wanted them to use those gifts. And that's exactly what happened. We look at the life of Paul and all of the letters he wrote and the things he was involved in. I mean, he, he wrecked himself physically for the church. He gave up himself. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was in the cold. He was hot. He was thirsty. He was tired. He did a lot of things for the sake of the gospel, but he felt like he was, or he felt called and was used by God in so many different ways. And, and we see the life that Paul did, and, and that's just one of the apostles, but there was many more that were instrumental in building the Church of Christ. And because of them, we have the scripture today. We have the New Testament. Can you imagine if the apostles said, you know, God, Jesus, he came here and he up and died and went back to heaven. I don't really care what he says. I don't really care. Uh, if he really cared about us, he would have stayed here and he would be, um, he would be like that. And we see the same things that happen sometimes when uh, a parent dies. And I remember, you know, being at different funerals, and especially grandpa. Like, okay, so now uh, who's going to take on what he did? Well, he's not here to do it, so the next person has to do it. And, and that happens all the time when people die. You have to take that on somehow with somebody else. I mean, somebody else has to take that on or it'll go to nothing. So God is wanting us as a church or as the church, to carry on the work, carry on um, the growth of, the, of that. So today, in the technical and restricted use of the term apostle, it would indicate that it is expired because of Paul. But if you look at some of the broad perspective of what is the office of the apostle, we can see that it is continuing on. In the broad sense, it is used in conjunction with individuals being sent. We look at missionaries being sent. We look at people even doing the work of the church and we see the work of, of the apostle, what God, the specific things that God had for them to do, which was building the kingdom of God. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 12. If you were at 1 Corinthians 12, 12, I'm going to look later in the chapter, starting in verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. Now ye are the members of Christ and members in particular, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Then he asked the question, are all prophets, I'm sorry, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. The last message that I had was on the prophet. And I know I mentioned something there is that if anybody desires the office of a prophet, um, you might as well look at yourself as being unliked. Uh, that typically goes with a prophet. 
And if you look at the prophets that God had sent down to earth, or I shouldn't say sent down to earth, that God had set up on earth before the New Testament. So if you look at the Old Testament, how many of those prophets were a well-liked person in their community? Um, almost none of them. Uh, some of them were, gave the message that God had given them, and they were ridiculed, say, get out, we don't want to listen to you. And so that was kind of the life of a prophet, a, a person that was not very well-liked. What about the apostle? Was the apostle a person that was well-liked? And you might say, well, maybe more so because they were more involved with healings and helping people. And so who doesn't like somebody that comes up to you and say, you know what, I've got cancer. Oh, no problem here. Boom, it's gone. Uh, that person is very well liked because you just helped me get rid of my disease. Or if, if you have another ailment or you can't figure something out and a person comes up to you and says, I got it figured out for you. That person is more popular. So you might say that the apostle is a more popular person than a prophet. But what would happen if we would all be apostles? What would happen if we'd all be prophets? What would happen if we would all think alike? And you might say we need the diversity. But you know the reason that we have a diversity is so that we all end up in unity. So can we say that the reason that we have adversity, or I'm sorry, diversity, is so that we can all have unity? And how does that look? And that is something that you will find the older you get, or you should, the older you get, you discover that there is more opinions than just your own, and that not your, it's not just your opinion that counts. Now, there are things, um, and if, you're, if you have the mind of a prophet here this morning, you're thinking, yeah, but everybody needs to speak the truth. That's the life of a prophet. And the apostle says, well, everybody needs to be... Um, Hear from the Word of God, we need to help each other. So there's different roles, but the beauty I see in the different gifts that God has given to them is they complement each other. The gifts that God gives you will never buck each other unless you're the one that's bucking it. The other, the other fact when God says in Ephesians chapter 4 that he, he gives his gifts to the church for the edifying and the building up of it, is if you find yourself and you feel like God has given you a gift, or somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I feel like you have a gift of, and then you fill in the blanks, and immediately say, oh, everybody needs to listen to me. I'm this person now because God has given me this gift. God still works in, in you and perfecting you. Because if I would hire somebody here tomorrow and say, hey, you're going to be a, the best mechanic I have, and I expect you to show up tomorrow morning and fix five vehicles, I'll give you my toughest ones, but uh, you know, you're gonna fix five vehicles. They're like, I don't know how, I don't have the tools, I don't have the training, exactly. So it takes a while to learn how to do a job. In the same way if a person came to me and says, I want you to build a house. I, uh, does a two by four go first or the foundation? I don't know, I mean, yeah, I do know, but um, if I'd be a confused person, I wouldn't know that. So you'd have to train me. And, and it's the same way in our lives, if God gives you a gift, God will train you. He will give you the tools to learn on building up the church. So just because you have a gift doesn't mean that you're automatically 
should I say qualified or perfected in that gift, but having a gift requires practice, it requires learning, and it requires giving up of yourself. What are the qualities of an apostle? One of the things I was thinking of is, could we have any examples of, that I could share to help get our minds in the, in the right way to think? And my mind was drawn to um, almost every Sunday we read, or somebody reads the people group of, the unreached people group of the day or the week. And this one in particular does not say it, but there are cases, there's, um, it'll say outreach ideas. And one of us, I've, I've heard him in the past say, outreach ideas, we need to have people that are committed to leaving and going to this place and living among the people and reaching out to them. You know what that means? What they're asking you here is to build the kingdom of God. They're asking you to sell your house, possibly. They're asking you to maybe to leave all your friends. And some of these pictures that are on there, like this guy, he's smiling. He looks like a friendly guy. But how do you know he is? This is just one of them. What about if there's people that are mean there, that don't like you, that reject you? So you look at the life of Paul as the apostle, and I don't know what he had before, except he was well-learned, he was well-versed. Um, he probably was fairly well-to-do. And yet he went and left that and traveled the world and experienced a lot of heartache. He experienced imprisonment. Is that what he signed up for? Did he have any days where he was just so happy that he did this? I think he, I think he did have days that he was joyful in, in the role that God put him in because he recognized that he took his role seriously and God gave him the gifts that was necessary in building the church. So what are the qualities of an apostle? What I wrote down was being humble. That is a very important aspect of an apostle, is being humble, not being burdensome, uh, the Apostle Paul, and, and I'm picking on him probably because there's more information on him than any others, but he would say when he went to Moses, says, I don't want to be a burden to you. When I come in, I'll use my own little bit of money I made. I, wanna do, I, wanna, I don't want to be a burden financially to you. So not burdensome. And servanthood, having the attitude of being a servant. Uh, Paul exemplified that in his life. Being a wise master builder. So as, as a role of building the church, you have to be a wise master builder. Another one I found, and I really like this one, is being a father, which grows the kingdom of God and has many spiritual sons and daughters. So as an apostle, his job is to build the kingdom of God, and he... And he he has a lot of spiritual sons and daughters, and nobody would envision an apostle going and doing his job and not getting anybody to follow Christ him, themselves. So his job is to build the kingdom and to win converts to him. And what a better opportunity than to do that in going to some of these countries, some of these places. Today we heard Iraq. Who wants to go to Iraq? Uh, it's kind of a dangerous place. 
uh, I'll stay here. But you know, if God is calling you to do that, then by all means do that. If God is calling you to a different place, by all means do that. Because if we all had the attitude that I ain't going to go to Iraq, guess what? No Christians would go to Iraq. It just wouldn't happen. And somebody might say, I'm not qualified. God will qualify you. If, if you feel the calling of God to be a church builder, then God will give you the gifts and he will help you in that. This list is, excuse me, this list is not complete, but it's humble, not being burdensome, being a servant, being a wise master builder, and being a father that grows the kingdom of God and has spiritual sons and daughters. <clears throat> and I'd just like to encourage everybody that the gifts of the Spirit is for the growth of the church. It's not necessarily for the growth, growth of just you. But the gifts that God gives you will help you, but it'll help you to get to the unity of faith. One of the biggest obstacles that a believer faces and this is from my own experience and from reading and from listening to others, is denying self. That is probably the biggest obstacle you will face in life. And if I'm wrong, I, I will be corrected on that. But in my life, my own self, my own will is the hardest thing to give up. I can give up certain types of foods. I can give up places. I can give up this. But what about my will? And so when we think about the unity of the church, being humble, giving up your will. So encouraging the gifts of the Spirit to come into you. If the Spirit is in you and teaches you and you listen to the Spirit, you will notice yourself will start disappearing. And you will notice the kingdom of God being drawn together as everybody starts working together to that one call. And you will start noticing that different people have different gifts and different callings. And don't say to people, you're not my type. You're too judgmental. You're too kind. You show too much mercy. You don't care enough. There might be a reason why people are just maybe a little bit on the harsh side. There might be people why some, there might be a reason why some people are a little bit more caring and sharing. And so you have one person says, if he would just be a little more firm, another person said, if he'd be just more soft, but you see, if you start looking at each other as, the, as having the gifts, it becomes a beautiful thing and you start complimenting each other. And, and there's a reason that they don't sell just vanilla ice cream is because people like variety. I'm the same way, I like variety. So look around your neighbors today, right now, and you see the variety of the people that are around you. Do you like those people? Now, can you think of somebody and say, if he was a little bit more like me, this church would be a better place. But look at the people and say, I like your differentness. I like that you're not like me. Because if we were all like me, would it be a boring church or would it be a better church? But as we all come together in the unity of Christ, <clears throat> I would like to say that, or I will I say that the first role of the apostle the first role of the first apostles was in assisting and continuing the building of the church. And I believe the church is still being built today, whether it's here or in Iraq or in these other countries that we read about.
God bless you as you exercise your gifts in your life and in the future.